You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Welcome to this week's edition of The Game Corner. I'm Kieran Calcon and we have, as always, a very special guest on with us today. Today we have Luke Riley, uh, who is an Xbox streamer. So, Luke, how have you been doing? Oh, I've been doing fine. Keeping out of mischief, you know. Not a whole lot you can do staying indoors. At least well, we can go more than five miles from the house. Well, five miles from the house now. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Have you been pushing the five miles then yet? Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's been it's been tough the last uh, the last few months. I mean, three months of lockdown, haven't left the house in six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I have seen the memes going around about introverts adapting to the pandemic ever so slightly easier than everyone else. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's been easier. I don't really go outside anyway, unless the weather is good, and we get three of those days a year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely. I'm looking out the window now. This now. By the time this episode goes out, it could be different, but we're definitely looking at annoyingly sunny, leaving sort of exam weather at the moment. Yeah, well, I've been making use of that. I've been out for, I think, three different walks today. You know, get it while you can, vitamin D. Mm, exactly, like. And uh, so, apart from gaming, what have you been doing to kind of cope with the new restrictions, like? Um, well, a typical man, I've kind of flexed up on my exercise. I've been trying to learn German. And yeah, no, I mean, mostly the baby's kind of been streaming the last few weeks. I've been trying to get that down, find out what it's all about, and actually use some skills that I've kind of let lapse, I think, over the last year. Yeah. So it's, it's been an interesting journey so far, meeting up with people and getting information from, trying to find what people want to watch. Okay. And like, uh, we're going to get into this more later, but uh, how long have you been a streamer then? Oh, just a few weeks. Just a few weeks. I mean, it's not even fully up. I'm not actually... Um, I stream regularly. I do it daily at this point just to keep myself sane. But uh, <laughs> I, I haven't been capturing anything yet. I will be uh, I will be doing that, but I don't have any of the recordings up. So it's just... It's finding a niche and making sure, making sure I'm doing something that's actually interesting and engaging with people. I mean, I don't want to be just streaming something that 400,000 people are already doing. I want to actually yeah. service a market who feel like they don't actually get the they don't actually get their their own taste set there yeah yeah i get exactly where you're coming from we do a bit of streaming on wednesday nights ourselves like but why did you decide on game streaming like what is it that draws you to it i love video games it's my favorite medium it's a movie that you're involved in mm. i mean it, it, it's i mean they have stories that are on par with some of the best novels i think i mean even uh, red dead which will come to later mm. it probably has the best story i've seen in a game in years it's it's great and every time you go back there's something different in it if you go if you play that game too slow or too fast you're going to miss something it's not <laughs> a game that actually spells itself out for you or uh i mean batman batman has probably had one of the, the, the arkham series that's had one of the best uh story arcs i've seen even through the comic books it's they knew what they would like they went back to that batman well of information and they put all the good stuff in there no, i mean they had their they made their mistakes what well, you know the arca might be a unique character and then turning out to yeah. not be a unique character yeah. but it's it's great it's great to see paul dini uh, working on the actual properties again but yeah no, video I, games is it's one of my major passions that and music okay so like it's funny a lot of the things that have been coming up on the show has been that during the pandemic really immersive games 
have been kind of taken off, like your Animal Crossing, your Breath of the Wild, all that kind of stuff. Is there a particular type of game that you're drawn to? I love something with a heavy story base. I'm not interested in, uh, I mean, while I do play online games, uh, the online multiplayer games, um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Fortnite. I'm not a big fan of uh, Modern Warfare. I like something that grips me. So uh, The Witcher, which you've discussed before, love that game. I think I took two months to play that game or something for my regular kind of playing schedule. Um, I've mentioned Batman, the Metal Gear Solid games. Are, I mean, if you can understand the story, because that can be all over the place at times. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, I mean, it's, it, have you ever tried to explain Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear to someone? It feels like trying to untangle Christmas tree lights. I actually <laughs> tried to get Martin uh, Karen an episode or two ago on to try and explain the Metal Gear Solid series to me, and he did struggle a bit. It's one of those things where, well, if you're so far into the series, like I will be a Final Fantasy, it's kind of hard to take a step back and go, well, this is what it is, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, but I mean, even when you're playing the game with cutscenes and characters being introduced, and it could be someone who was introduced in the, you know, the early version of the game when it was still pixelated and just, you're expected to just know who this guy is. Mm. I think I've seen other streamers try and do it, and it's like, oh, yes, well, this is a product of the Lale Lule Lo. <laughs> okay, but what about this? Well, this was created back in Soviet Russia. Okay, how do those things connect? <laughs> well, to do that, we have to go back 50 more years. Okay, hold on. Can someone make a timeline? <laughs> <laughs> like the big whiteboard thing behind them? Like, Yeah, uh, it would probably end up like one of those, you know, conspiracy boards where it's just strings branching out in all directions with thumbtacks. <laughs> oh, like like the, I'm not sure if you're a Simpsons fan, but the Millhouse thing where he's got the whiteboard with the reverse vampires and the aliens and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, exactly like that. I mean, your family would probably think that you're losing your mind trying to explain this to someone. <laughs> I mean, it could be something that I look into for streaming later on to try and explain it, but I don't think that I have, I don't think people have a week to sit down and listen to that thing from start to finish. <laughs> There's an idea for a series in and of itself, actually. Uh, you could probably get a couple of seasons out of it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, before we get into your game picks, uh, what kind of Xbox games do you stream and where can people find it? At the moment, I've been doing, uh, I've been doing different games for different things. So uh, I've been streaming Warframe just because it's a huge game. It's such a huge game. But at the same time, at this point, because so many people are servicing it, um, we're kind of looking to sit down and teach people how to make builds, you know, how to be better players. I don't believe that there is a pinnacle build on a warframe you won't understand that later i'll, I'll explain it to you <laughs> but um yeah no, so i'll be like sitting down teaching players how to be better players and how with the game to think for themselves when they're playing something there's no point in playing using a loadout that i use because that might not reflect how you play mm. you, you know you, uh, I, I i tend to use a lot of bows swords uh, throwing weapons but you might tend to be, you know, oh, well, I want to use a grenade launcher or I want to use this or I want to use that. So you really have to flex up for what you want to use. I might be very heavy on my frames, individual abilities and powers. You might not use them at all. So you want to go heavy armor, shield. And once again, that reflects the stats of whatever character that you play at the time. So there's that stream. Um, then my Red Dead stream is, it's a bit of fun. I met some people from uh, kind of the Kentucky, South Carolina area. And I've started playing with them recently. So we're just kind of running down these um, talking about absolutely anything. I reflect that one more to the, uh, you know, you're hanging out with your friends, you know, sit down, have a beer. It's called You Come and I Drink. <laughs> um, which has been dangerous, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, it's called You Come and I Drink, and it's just you know, it's just a bunch of us sitting down and talking a load of waffle and playing the game, and at the same time, some nuggets of information come out about hunting or being a bounty hunter or that type of thing, because or, or you know, setting up your moonshine and uh, uh, your moonshine and business. And then the last one, I'm kind of thinking that's going to be, uh, that's just going to be its own uh, self-contained stream. So that's when I do story games. Mm. And I'm going to schedule these things up properly. So there's uh, kind of like the state of play. There's you come and die drink. And then there's just solo, uh, solo play. So you can find that on mixer.com forward slash dual, which is D-I-A-B-H-A-I-L. Lovely. And I'll pop a link uh, in the description when this video goes up as well, or not this video, this episode. But uh, let's actually back up a bit because I'm not all that familiar with Warframe. I know the visuals, but like, what what is Warframe in a nutshell, to go back to what we were talking about earlier? To sum it up, and it's really hard to nutshell this game, it's a <laughs> free-to-play, action role-playing, third-person shooter online multiplayer game it's a bit like metal like in terms of gameplay it's metal gear solid meets army of two and ninja gaiden okay that's sad, quite a sell oh yeah i mean if you haven't played it get onto this thing i absolutely love this game i've been playing this game for four years it's it's a commitment it's not a video game <laughs> um, so yeah, is it, it like is. is it like an all online all the time multiplayer thing like destiny or is it more story based it's uh, okay. It's both of those things because okay. it has a story in there. It has, you know, it has endless amounts of lore, and they keep adding to this. There's story that comes out every few months, so they're constantly updating it, which is very strange for a free-to-play model. And even when, like, when I say free-to-play, you don't really have to buy the platinum in the game. If you're farming this game out, um, you can get prime parts. Prime parts you can trade to other players who have platinum, and they give you the platinum. So, I mean, if you're playing this game smartly, like I'm at a point now where I don't have to spend money on it, but I do spend money on it because, man, give these developers money. They're doing something nobody else is doing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's incredible. Um, where do I even begin with this game? Okay, so you play a character that's called a Tenno. Try not to give too much information away on Tenno's. Um, they can... I'll skip over that part. I don't want to spoil the story. It's, I mean, it's something that you really need to go get into for yourself. But Tenos control these things called Warframes, which are like bio-organic bio battle suits or mech suits. Um, each, one each one is different. It has its own ability. So it's a bit like Pokemon. Everyone does something different. You know? right. Like you have the, the Frost Warframe. So that's obviously cold-based abilities. And um, they can set up bubble shields, which make it better for, let's say, defensive games. Uh, whereas a rhino would be more offensive. So it has something called a roar where it, based on how you've modded the frame, it'll, it'll increase everyone's battle capacity. It'll make, it'll make everyone tanks, their damage goes up. So um, each level in itself in the game is procedurally generated from different tile sets. And then they've started adding open world segments as well, which are fixed, uh, fixed levels. So the game does everything. More recently, they, upgrade, uh, they added something called the Railjack. The Railjack is uh, space battles a la the original Battlefront 2. Remember the original Battlefront 2? No II way. I love that game. It's, oh, yeah. It's, I mean, you can... Uh, it's, I don't even know who thought, whoever thought this mechanic up in it should get a medal. It, all right, so you have no side guns on the ship. You need four people to pilot this ship. You can't just do it on your own. Right? So somebody will be like the main pilot. You'll have two guys on the side guns. You'll have somebody kind of running around doing different jobs. So they'll have to run to the back of the ship and make missiles because you'll run out of missiles. Or they'll have to make this stuff called Revelite to patch up the ship. 
um so that you know you don't vent atmosphere and explode and at the same time as you know you're fighting off these guys flying around the ship um uh, enemies can fly in ramps lands they'll board you they'll get on the ship um, you can counter that, let's say, by hopping into the slingshot weapon on it, where you yourself are the missile firing at an enemy ship, boarding them and taking them out from the inside. It's it's incredible. It's a really really good thing. Uh, it's a really good uh, uh, really no, good new game mechanic. I mean, as I said, the stories in there. There's even sub stories. So uh, they've released Braille Jack, which kind of re uh, it released another game music uh, game game music video. Really, some of the game video where you know you you play the cinematic as it's happening, but it's giving you more parts of the story. So it's all building up to something that they've been doing for the last seven years. I'd I'd, I'd rather not talk about uh, talk about it too much because it's vast. We could go down a rabbit hole with the story. Yeah. Well, but, you um, did you did warn me before we started that if we started talking about Warframe, nothing else to get talked about. Oh yeah, no, very easily nothing else could get done. You have to check it out for yourself. It's 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 its own thing. I mean, I could spend hours talking about the warframes, the weapons, the different factions, how uh, you can do work for the different factions and different invasions. It's it, it's great. It, it, it's a really good game. Check it out. Play it. These guys need money. And <laughs> incidentally, where can people find this game then? Support it. It's on PlayStation, it's on Xbox, uh, it's on Nintendo, I, I think it's on the Switch as well, it's on PC, um, it's on absolutely everything. I mean, they really need to make this thing cross-play as well, but I, I, I doubt that'll happen. But um, they're also working on it now, so that when the next generation of consoles come out, it'll be ready on day one. So okay, it's and, I mean, and before... It's not, the... I mean, it'll be on phone soon. Oh, oh well then, that'll, that'll do it, yeah. Before we kind of move on to something else, though, what do you think is the major appeal of this game? Is it the cooperation with other players? Is it the building? Like, what's this game's unique feature? Um, well, it has PvE and it has PvP. It's I use it primarily for co-op. I have no interest in going into online games and playing against other players. I want to yeah. build something with people. I like hmm. tactics. I like coordination. I like outsmarting the, uh, the enemy AI. I like all that type of stuff. Um, I think the thing that it does well is, you know, the way some online games can be very grindy. Yeah. So you're just you're, you're trying to grind. For, you know, you're putting months into it for something. I mean, notorious the new Battlefront two. Somebody worked out it would take how many months to get yourself to a point where you're comfortable playing the game. Mm. Whereas this thing, it's like it's got the right level of grinding to play and playing to grind. So it never feels like a chore. It's it's really good with that whole. Oh, I have one more project. No, I have one more project now. Okay, I have another project. Okay, this is my new goal. So, I mean, before you know it, you're looking back at a year that you spent playing this game. Okay, wow, I've actually achieved an awful lot, but I have one more project. <laughs> so it doesn't deliberately slow you down or anything like that, which is what I found with a lot of these, like, you know, kind of world online multiplayer type things before. A little bit, just a little bit. Now, when it, it's normally in, okay, so to build weapons and frames, it, it takes real time. Right. So it's going to tell you, okay, this, indiv uh, this individual part, so to make a prime frame, you need to make three parts, or most of the frames will take three parts. So it'll take systems, a chassis, and your optics, and then you build those, it's 15 hours each, and then to build a warframe itself then from those three parts will take three days. Now you can pay to speed it up, but I'll remind you, it's a free-to-play game, so these yeah. guys got to make their money somewhere. But you're not gonna. You're not really gonna pay to speed it up. You're gonna actually go and put that on your forge building, and then go to look for parts or resources to build something else. So I've never really felt like I had to pay, uh, pay the money for it, but I've done it on a couple of occasions just because. Damn it! I want my samurai sword now. <laughs> well, as long as you're like kind of, I know that that these kind of types of games have a reputation. 
But as long yeah. as your time isn't being wasted and like it's not like a Battlefront 2, new Battlefront 2 situation where they've kind of stacked it so you're forced to get those like loot pack things, then it's not too bad, is it? No, no, no. It's It definitely doesn't have that EA predatory feel about it. Mm. I've never felt like these guys want to put their hands in my pockets. It's been the exact opposite. I sat mm. down, I played this game for a few months and I went, okay, I've been playing this game for three months. I need to give these guys some money. I feel yeah. like I'm robbing from them now. And as I said, I'm at a point where I don't, like I've, I've so much, I've so much stuff that I don't actually have to put any more money into the game. But chances are, I'm still going to just because I want to keep this. I want to keep this property alive. This is something that I that I'll support, and I vote with my money. So well, like, see, that's I would agree with you there. Like, it's I, I don't mind paying for DLC when I feel like the game, be it uh, free to play or not, has given me my money's worth, and I want a little bit more. I think it's just the line is where you feel like it's deliberate, deliberately stuff has been withheld, so you have to pay more for it. You know. Yeah. So this and is like, one but, of uh, with, the, with the Division 2, uh, the Division 2 there, uh, they dropped their DLC recently. Mm. Now, when I bought that game, I got, the, I got the special package and then I got the season pass. And I didn't really feel like I got my, my money's worth from the DLC. Mm. But when the season pass expired, they had another thing, uh, another DLC that they dropped. That's another 40 quid. And at that point, I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to invest any more money. <laughs> I don't feel like that I got my money's worth from it. It's like Destiny adopting a free-to-play package now, but you have to pay 60 quid again for whatever's after coming out. I okay. Just, uh, I'm, not a, I'm yeah. not a big Destiny fan. I'm probably No, no, no. At, uh, my brother is, though. He's clocked up like, like hundreds upon hundreds of hours, like... Yeah. Oh, I played. I played the first one. I played the first one a lot, and then when the second one came out, I don't know. It just. I didn't feel like there was something there that held me to it. So, I mean, if if someone was the point. And so what's your favorite online game like that? Warframe. I always go back to Warframe. It doesn't matter what I play. Warframe is what I always go back to. There's always something to go back for. I mean, it's not 100% perfect, but it's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. You get what you're paying for on a free-to-play game, and you will be surprised what you're getting. Excellent. Well, then, we have a few minutes left. So I believe you want to be the first person to talk about this show on the air, Red Dead Redemption 2, right? Red Dead. Red Dead, Red Dead, Red Dead. I... Oh, <laughs> I cannot believe this game. This game took up, like, just in the story, going back and forth, it took up three months. It took up maybe, <laughs> maybe it took up more than three months because I played the game and I started burning through it. I put a few weeks through it. You know, I was playing it on and off because I was working hardcore at the time. But um, I, I seen something online where somebody was talking about characters that I missed because I was flying through the story. And if you miss something that starts in chapter one, it doesn't unlock in chapter two. You can't go back to it. You're not going to find that side mission like in GTA. So I restart the game. I was and I was happy to restart the game because it changed the entire story for me again. And this is just in the actual offline story version of the game. So it's an action adventure game. It's I'd call it an, an RPG in terms of if you play this game as a good character, it's going to change uh, how different characters interact in the story and even some of the scripts and the cutscenes. If you play as a bad character, once again, you're getting something different. So you play a character called Arthur Morgan. Uh, he's, it's a prequel to the first game if you played Red Dead 1. Right. Um, he's, he's a member of the Vandalin gang. They're, they're on the run from a job that went wrong in uh, Blackwater. They're being chased by the Pinkertons, but there's also some interaction for rival gangs and a whole bunch of character development. I'm not going to say anything more. Check it out. Play that for yourself. I've also been playing a, a lot of the online game, which is like GTA, 
Um, but it's not made for griefing. I mean, I can't go back and play GTA anymore. There's an eight-year-old with a Mark II oppressor who won't let me run my guns. <laughs> I, I just want to run my guns, man. But, uh, oh. This has been my go-outside simulator. It's, it's great. Well, and I've I, heard a lot of people saying what's great about Red Dead 2, but like, um, to kind of boil things down, like, what is it that you find so appealing about this that you keep coming back to it like? I am a cowboy bounty hunter in a Western situation. If I decide that I don't want to interact with any other online players, I get on my horse and I head up to the Snow Peak Mountains and I go hunting up there so that I can fulfill my trading role there so I can make a lot of money that way. Or if I get bored trading, I decide that I'm going to be a, you know, a bounty hunter, go down to the bounty boards in the random towns, go catch random NPC players. Or even if another player has built up a high enough bounty, I can go hunt him. <laughs> Bring him so, back for the money. So even though it's a very different game, like Warframe, it allows you quite a lot of customization. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's slow burning. If you're expecting something fast and, you know, like uh, uh, instant reward, instant reward, instant reward, that kind of, you know, round over, boom, done. You're not going to get that. I mean, with Warframe, you can you can go into self-contained levels where you can you know be in and out of something and have a mission done in five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, or an endless mission. Whereas this thing, on the other hand, no, it needs a little bit more of your time. It needs more of that investment. I, I don't play the PV uh, the PVP on it. I have done, but I'm, as I said, I don't go online to do that type of thing. I'm more of a co-op person. But you can have a posse of up to seven people. You're all out hunting animals, skinning them, bringing them back to your camp. Uh, turning them into product and then you hop in a wagon and you have to drive those to somebody or a train station that for a transporter that's going to buy them. I still feel like the game is still a beta. I mean, it, it, it doesn't give you everything to do. But as I said, it's just that freedom of hopping on your horse. You know what? I'm going to go hang out in the deserts. I'm going to go bounty hunting or I'm tired of this. I'm going to go to the mountains. I'm going to make some moonshine. I'm going to sell that to somebody and make a quick profit. It's just, it's fun. It's, it, it's, it hits that spot for it hits that spot for action and adventuring, you know. Whereas Warframe is more fast, uh, fast. You need to pay attention. Things are exploding everywhere. This is more small, isolated gunfights. Uh, you interact with this and you do stuff at your own choose. Okay, so you've made it sound like a proper cowboy simulator, then. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I mean, in terms of customization as well as you were saying, I you can you can have um. I mean, you know, obviously Red Dead game, you have revolvers, but you can also have Mauser pistols, or there are some other automatic pistols. You can use um, repeater rifles, uh, standard rifles, sniper rifles, which are um, I, 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 they're not really distinguished too much from the actual standard rifles. You know, your, your standard bolt lock rifle. Yeah. And then even in itself, you can, like in terms of customization, you can dress your character up. Like I've seen people dressed up as Woody the Cowboy. <laughs> that's that's excellent a very or, you know, grim like, toy story five yeah or it means like some people some people decide to go you know what i'm going to go full-on hillbilly with no teeth or <laughs> like it's you can really kind of fill your own niche make yourself uh, make yourself look your own way um yeah, i mean you can't customize how your character looks the same way you could with the likes of the skyrim game i mean the, it works hereditary so you think you know the grandparents or the father and mother and then you kind of get a character that you move a slider across and you get sort of the feel that you want and then after that it's it's you know whatever beard you want whatever hair you want it does turn off some of the features being an online game so i haven't mentioned that the uh, the story version of the game has dynamic hair growth it's way more it's it's way more hardcore than the Witcher's one. So I mean, with the Witcher, I mean, slowly over time, it'll grow back to the same shape, hair and beard. You know, where it has that ponytail, but the hair kind of uh, long, loose at the back. 
Whereas with this thing, it's like um, in the story version, the hair will grow to whatever length and then you can have it trimmed to different styles and then it'll keep growing out and it'll grow back till you look like a mountain man. <laughs> but you can have it trimmed back, you know, so you can have like a Dutch style beard or, you know, a goatee or, you know, hair in a ponytail, apparently whatever, whatever way you want. They turn that off in the online, but there's enough selection and hair colors. That, you know, you're, yeah, you're not yeah. going to be worried that, That's about. only fair, Mike, though, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't fit everything into that. But and, no, you, and, that you, yeah. and you don't want a not, like a not super relevant feature slowing it down, like... Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. I mean, you don't want, you don't want anything to get in the way of your gunslinging. I mean, <laughs> I'll take Storm in a base any day and, you know, 20 different guys all shooting at me, like a, a, a Rio Bravo type movie scenario or, the, you know, a Magnificent Seven type thing over, you know, some hair growing so far. Yeah. Maybe on the next gen, but I'm, I'm content. I'm happy with this game. I'd give it 10 out of 10. And can I ask before, because we're kind of near in the end of our time, what's the craziest thing or craziest story that's ever happened to you in either Warframe, Red Dead, or Stream? Like, what's the maddest multiplayer thing that ever happened? Hmm. Not a whole lot of crazy stuff has, ha has happened in Warframe. That's more on rails. Right. Um... I mean, in terms of Red Dead, there's there's so much story stuff going on in that. I mean, even in the main story, I had a guy wander out of the swamps of Lemoyne um, with his arm hanging off by a string. Yeah. Uh, looking to, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my reaction. It was like, ugh, <laughs> Please take me to a doctor saying, so, you know, oh, I got him up on the horse. He's kind of yeah. passing out. He falls off the horse. I put him back up on the back of the horse. Um, I get him to a doctor and the doctor does exactly what you would imagine a late 1800 surgeon to do. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, in terms of streaming, um, I had a stream hacker. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, no, I won't say a stream hacker. I had a hacked profile uh, interact with my stream. So, um, you know, he was, as I was told later on by somebody else, that there's a community of people who have hacked Xbox profiles so they can make themselves look like natural talents on games. And it's like, dude, why? Just play the game and, you know, interact with people and do it the other way. You don't need to look like you're naturally good at every single Yeah, game like, who are you impressing? Like, yeah. Then I, exactly. I mean, it's such a saturated market anyway. Who are you doing this for? It's not yeah. going to give you an edge. An edge is how you interact with people and how you are yourself, yeah. how you play the games. You don't even have to be good at playing games. It's about, it's, it's about journey, not result, you know? <laughs> but, um, me, and this, uh, me and this guy who I stream with on, uh, when I do the Warframe stream with, his name is Reputed Puppet. Really, really nice guy. But um, we were playing away, and I got a message in my comments from I can't remember the name of the, I can't remember the name of the guy. Probably better if I don't. But um, he was like, "Oh, oh Dad, do you guys mind if I join you? And if somebody says on my stream, you know, they want to come on and play something, yeah, the more the merrier. If there's space for you, hop aboard." He said, "Oh, but I'm I'm not very good. Really, look, that doesn't matter. We're all you know, we're all not very good. We all we're all good in our own thing." So we pops on and instantly this guy, I see this guy's a mastery rank 25. Now the max rank is mastery rank, I think 27 or 28 or 28 and a half because they're constantly adding stuff. So it's slowly, the number, that number slowly goes up. But, uh, you know, as you level up different weapons and frames. But, uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, you know, are you hustling, buddy? Oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm not very good at the game, but I've leveled up a lot of stuff. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, he showed me one of his builds, and I kind of got distracted by he had a negative value attached to one of his stats, which I'm against whenever I make a build to a certain extent. I won't go uh, below it. 
a certain number. But Puppet spotted it straight away. He went, hold on, this is a, this is a textbook speed vault build. I mean, where did you get this? Oh, I made it myself. Did you now? Mm. Okay, fair enough. So I kind of felt like something was going on here when I checked out this guy's profile. And he had a gamer score of something low, like, you know, 10,000 and 100 or something like that. But none of his games had score on them, not even Warframe. And he had a mastery rank of 25. He's only a couple of levels away from the top. So I thought that was interesting <laughs> in itself <laughs> anyway. That's, well, you know what? It's, uh, I mean, we didn't mention on the air, actually, but like uh, your sister is on our channel, uh, Katie Riley, doing it for the exposure. And, you know, she had some yes. boss trouble when her channel went up, and it's probably just a sign that you've made it. Not a very nice sign, yeah. but a sign. Oh yeah, well I mean it's like I've had a, I've had channel griefers before on Red Dead, and as I said, the game is it's not like GTA. It's not like you can buy a shark card, get a tank, and then you know load into somebody's lobby and bother them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People do it. People do it as groups, but it's 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 more of a level playing field. I play with five or six people. I play with a, another woman who has her own stream, Prod Phoenix. Um, a great person and uh, uh, Prod Pitbull he plays as well he has his own stream but we're all like you know we're all over 100 in level in this game we all have fairly decent weapons at this point there's nothing we really need to buy in it so why are you bothering us we're a group I suppose for, uh, I suppose for the war uh, for the wars and it keeps them entertained but I don't know I think if you're griefing somebody in a game you're probably bored playing that game excellent well we are just out of time Luke unfortunately so one last time uh, where can people find your streams? They can find me on Mixer forward slash Diavol. Uh, That's D-I-A-B-H-A-I-L. It's a bit Excellent. funny. I like, to, I, I like to get Americans and stuff like that to try and pronounce it. it <laughs> yeah, you, you can't join the stream unless you got like a, a B minus C plus at Irish. like. <laughs> well, I mean, I only have a couple of uncle myself, but I've heard every, people either call me Diab or a Hail, or I've heard it said all sorts of ways. And they're like, how do you say that? No, I'm not telling you. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to find out how it's pronounced more, go check out his stream. We will put links in the description below. But until then, thank you very much, Luke. Hope you had fun on the show. No, I mean, thanks for having me. Any time, it's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. We will have another guest joining us after these messages, so stick with us. Thank you very much. All right, so you're listening to the podcast. You're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland. How do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nairthnowmedia.com or phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Are you a nerd? Do you like hearing about a bizarre range of topics from the world of nerd? Does your heart and hairstyle still belong in the nostalgic 90s? Are you a sucker for spooky weirdo things? Well, whether you're a hardcore nerd or a vanilla ice ice baby, Straight Outta Canto is the podcast radio show for you! Straight Outta Canto, that's K-A-N-T-O, Ireland's number one show for nerd culture, nightmares, nostalgia, and more. Straight Outta Canto. And welcome back to the Game Corner. Thanks very much to Luke Riley, who was on the first half of the show. Now we have very much a friend of the show, another one of our podcasters, Kev Coffey. Kev, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic, Ian. How are you keeping yourself? 
very well, thanks. Uh, very busy with all the kind of editing and stuff. Dara was kind enough to show me how to work all this technology. How are you finding it so far, planning your own show like? Uh, fair. It's, it's, it's going, it's going okay. Uh, just, I, I was up last night just doing some homework, uh, for my show and for, for Lisa's. So reading horror comics before bedtime, you know, that's always a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, no, it's, it's been, it's been going all right for having a network just kind of literally crop up out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> things have been going surprisingly smoothly. <laughs> Yeah, should we talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff? Because, like, Prim and Stevie keep me very busy. But, like, now and again, I'll pick up the phone and you guys will have talked 120 messages or something like that. There's a lot going on at the moment, isn't there? You know, I, I can't even speak to that. That's, like, that's Dara, Katie, and Lisa are just such proactive heads on them. Like, they, <laughs> they, they'll start a forest fire by just making words out of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm very much in kind of Bryn's cul-de-sac of like turning up now and again, seeing what's going on and like, Hey, at least that, that's Bryn enough nerd to know for today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're, they're at it again. We're just going to put that down and come back to it later. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, they're, they're great. Like they're the reason, they're the reason we're, they're the reason we're doing this. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, we wouldn't have uh, like a channel without them. Like, and, Absolutely. uh, well, we'll get our plugging done up front. I believe behind the scenes, you recorded an episode with Lisa on Straight Outta Canto today, didn't you? Yes, I had the absolute joy of guesting on Straight Outta Canto. Uh, that should be going over the next week or so. Um, we touch on the horror manga author Junji Ito. Uh, two of us are huge fans of him. He's absolutely stunning. Yes, I've seen Not his... Did, did he do the it's story terrifying. about the people getting trapped on the walls and stuff? Yeah, the Enigma of Armagar Falls. Yeah. Truly brilliant. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's amazing. Anyway, all the information of that uh, is in the Straight Outta Canto episode, not to, not to, not to give away the, the plot. <laughs> and I know we're kind of keeping things a bit under wraps, but you have a new show in development. Uh, what's, yes. the kinda, what's the name and what's the kind of theme of it like? Uh, the show is called Anime Crash Course. And the, the kind of the basic gist, it's going to be kind of a, an anime book club sort of thing. I get, a, I get a few people together, watch a series over a month, and then kind of come back and discuss it. Uh, okay. Right now, we are going to keep lips sealed on the anime for this month. Just keep somewhat, keep some, some amount of suspense. <laughs> I should flag this with you and to the people listening at home. I do have a bit of a backlog. This may already be out by the time this episode comes out. But uh, <laughs> we'll be able to find... The, the episode on the Nerd to Know page. It'll be up on our Spotify and our YouTube and all that just, kind yeah, of just, stuff. Just like. keep an eye on the socials. We, we're, we, we're always posting. There's literally something up every day at this point. Yeah, and what we can It'll... say is that Laura did some excellent art for your show, right? Doing, actually. That was, ah. that was only the first sketch draft. So, like, she's, she's still working on that. Uh, and I truly cannot wait to see the finished product. Yeah, so that's Laura Boland. If you see the art for the Anime Crash Course and you like it, reach out to her on the Instagram and stuff. I'm sure she takes the odd commission here and there. But before we get into the games, how have you been handling the lockdown? Because, I mean, kind of more behind-the-scenes stuff. You and I work together. Have you been, like, kind of managing okay with this sudden abundance of time? Yeah, I've been doing... I've been doing all right. Uh, I, I... It's really just come to 
shine on me how much of a hermit I actually am. <laughs> like I can I can understand that like you know a lot of people are taking this stuff. I've got a few friends that are complete extroverts that are crawling up the walls. <laughs> um but I've been uh, so like I've been I've been reaching out to them and all that. Uh but uh, I've been doing fine. I've just been, <laughs> as you know, as we're probably going to get into, I've just been playing video games for two months straight. <laughs> and really, that's, that's kind of my natural state, in all honesty. I have a possible, like, a benchmark for you to beat, which is last episode, we had Rory Dunn on, along with Saoirse Shanae, who are both artists who've lost work over, like, you know, the course of this. Like, uh, Rory, the opera singer, had the impressive benchmark of having achieved 250 hours on Animal Crossing on locked it's just since the lockdown started have you i mean animal crossing's cheating that's basically just life at this point (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's shots fired well i'm glad to see that at least you're coping okay with all of this change like yeah i there's there's a part of me that you know kind of does want to get back to work odd as it is to say but you know we'll get there when we get there yeah 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 well then, with all of that out of the way, uh, what games have you been playing the most since the lockdown started? Uh, like, I've been kind of dipping in and out of a few different ones. Uh, the one, so like, I think the one that I want to kind of get, I, I want to have a quick chat about is the one that literally dropped, that I've been wait, that I had been waiting for for months before all this kicked off and dropped on my doorstep pretty much the week the shop, like, the job closed and I had the time to spare. And that's uh, Persona 5, the Royal Edition. Okay, because that's what I was going to ask. You've been talking Persona 5 for quite a few months. So what's this new edition like? So they've done, like, Atlas the Studio, ha- uh, that make the Persona games, do this with a lot, have done this with the past few Persona games, where they'll release an original version, give it about two or three years, and then release, like, a Redux edition that'll add a bunch of post-game stuff, rewrite some of the original scenarios, and just kind of, zhuzh up the original uh, it kind of taps into it like there's a bit of controversy around whether or not they should do this whether they should just release the extra stuff as DLC mm. it's a kind of it can be a thing but I, I kind of like the system because the stuff they add tends to be so intrinsically woven into the original game that I think it wouldn't work as like a DLC patch but anyway so this is an updated edition as I said of Persona 5 which released back in 2017 again Game enhancements, game improvements, and then a whole slew of extra like content. Mm. Um, but what shocked me, that what grabbed me with it, it and it only, like it was about like five or six days after like you know I had the free time and I was playing it every day. The game runs on an in-game calendar, right? Where you spend your time in a day, because like it's it's half life like school life sim, and half like dungeon crawling RPG. Right. So, you know, you'll spend, you know, your days going to school and, you know, seeing your friends and working a part-time job. And, and it was my five days like, am I just living my life <laughs> through well, this Well, funnily game? enough, I had the same thing with, because you put me onto Fire Emblem Three Houses. And, but, like, yes, and yes. like the second, like off the air, like I'm a drama teacher here and there, do a bit of language school work. And like the second all of that went down during the lockdown, I started playing this and it's like, it's a teacher simulator. I've 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 taken time off teaching to teach. What's happening here? Like, I'm just I'm just I'm ready in classes. I'm you know I'm doing lessons. Sure, it's war, but like, <laughs> but they've got to know their horse riding. Oh, like yeah, no, they, these you know this little edgy 
turd has got to learn how to like ride a Pegasus. <laughs> I could just imagine. Yeah, I'm calling like, Felix out. Yeah, yeah, I haven't got to Felix. I'm about to start the blue route. I could just see in both oh, Persona yeah. Five and in uh, Fire Emblem, like you know, some poor young kid getting taken down by like the Immaculate One, and you go, "Well, you should have studied more on your lance lessons, shouldn't you?" Jesus, honestly, that is. That's that's too real. <laughs> like <that's, laughs> like there, like if you don't do your stats enough in Persona Five, it can it can absolutely trip you up. And you know you're trying to fight God, and you're like, man, I should have gone to the arcade more. It's, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a, both of those games are a lot like life, aren't they? Because I recently just like last night beat the Immaculate One on hard mode, and I couldn't go back to like train up. And I was like, God, this is a lot like life. I didn't train them up enough in school, and now I'm paying the price. Yeah, it's funny how, you know, they can, things like that can be so analogous for life. <laughs> <laughs> but who, knew I'd be, who knew I'd be facing <laughs> down God except at the job interview? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about more about Persona 5 then. For people who haven't heard of it, what is it in a nutshell? As I mentioned, it's kind of a half-life simulator kind of, a uh, kind of visual novel life sim, hanging out with friends, going to school, but then half dungeon crawling, turn-based RPG. And this game... To quote uh, the Gerard the Completionist, it's horny for style. Like every <laughs> every corner of this game is dripping with like with just pure essence of style. Mm. Um, it's just like everything from like the UI is this big flashy paper craft kind of kind of menu and the soundtrack is this kind of rock mixed with jazz mixed with like r&b it's stunning um and yeah like it's just it's i i, I won't get too much into it because it's incredibly plot heavy but it's one of the like it has completely redefined how i see like turn-based rpgs now with just how smooth and fluid the combat is uh, like every it's one of these systems where when you exploit enemies weaknesses you get the chance to like take another turn and pass it to your teammate and, and you can make one turn turn into about 10 turns and okay. suddenly you've destroyed a bunch of rats in the, <laughs> the most stylish way possible <laughs> um so like who would this game kind of appeal to then like like anyone honestly like if you if you are even halfway interested in like the likes of final fantasy and like dragon quest uh absolutely like rpg fans and same with visual novel fans like you know if you kind of like read a bunch of kind of like visual novels like clan ad and steins gate absolutely uh the only people i think that wouldn't maybe get a kick out of it are you know heavy, hardcore action fans but even then you know i'd say check out some videos and give it a look because the style is something that cannot be missed yeah, I've looked up just pictures of it a few times because you talk about it a lot in work. Like the actual like art style of the game is gorgeous. It looks like oh, a moving comic, like truly. Yeah, exactly that. That kind of like yeah, a hard bordered comic style. It's it's astounding to look. At. Like it's not the most visually hefty uh, thing. Like you know you have your like, kind of Last of Us and cinematic stuff like hmm. that. Uh, so it's very kind of lowbrow, but the way they kind of like the way they stylize it is stunning. Um, the only kind of fair warning is, yeah, the the the, the runtime uh, when I finished the Royal Edition was 135 hours. Ah, that well, that's almost... that's just value for money. Oh God, yeah, and that's like almost entirely all plot. Like, there's very little kind of back and forth grinding in that. 
Mm. So it is, and, it is definitely a, a bang for your buck as far as the game concerned. Now, here's something I haven't asked you, though. Do you need to have played any other Persona games to get this? Uh, no, they're all very like Final Fantasy. They, okay. uh, they're all like ink. They're all each standalones. Now, each okay. of them have some kind of spin-offs. Like, there's all like three, four, and five all have rhythm game spin-offs. All those are <laughs> straight up sequels to each of their originals. I'm not even kidding. These, these, like, there's Persona Four is an actual like franchise in itself. Like, it's got it's got rhythm game spin-offs and fighting game spin-offs. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> and like what is like i know we talked about the art style but like what other features have made it worth putting 135 hours into uh the story and the characters like that's that's kind of like much like a lot of kind of those those rpgs and visual novels it's mm. it's the plot and the characters uh that are just so engaging and especially like with fire emblem it's got a very kind of similar social link aspect right where you spend time with different characters in the day and you get to know their stories and you get to know their problems and like each each member of your party and each member outside like each person kind of you get to know outside your party you're all really really just fascinating well-rounded characters that like you just want to keep getting to know getting to know what makes them tick uh so like they just kind of keep grabbing you it's like it, it's it's truly stunning Okay, it's kind of like because I know we talk about this with, with Fire Emblem on the on the episode we did for Anime Lockdown, but it's funny how these sort of dating sim mechanics are like bleeding into action games now. Like, yeah, the, particularly with kind of the the Japanese ones, they, they've always kind of been they've always kind of been around. It seems like a lot more a lot of bigger studios are kind of really making them a core focus mm. of uh, of a lot of these kind of RPG games. Well, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, a... it's I think it's really cool. Excellent. And uh, what devices can people find this on then? It's only on PlayStation 4. Oh, okay. It is, it is a PlayStation Atlas seem to only, only produce for the PlayStation. Alas, because this would be perfect on a Switch. I was going to say, from the art style, it looks like it's ready-made for handmade, for handheld consoles. Like, Oh, yeah. No, like, that's, like, again, having, it, there's, there's parts of the game where you just, like, you know, you could dip in and out for about an hour. It'd be the perfect thing to have, like, you know, right. watching The Simpsons playing, playing it. <laughs> okay. Well, on that very positive note, what is your second game that you have been playing throughout the lockdown? Uh, so after, you know, conquering 135 hours. Or what uh, we call on, think... the, on this channel, half an Animal Crossing. <laughs> Uh, a metric, not an imperial arm crossing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after, you know, after 135 hours of a JRPG, naturally I jump right into another JRPG. <laughs> naturally. Naturally. So I decided to pick up the, uh, the ever divisive Final Fantasy VII remake. Now, I am dying to hear about this. I haven't talked to anyone about it yet. You're the first person to bring it up on the show. And on my first episode of the Nerd to Know podcast way back when, we were speculating, it was just when the Final Fantasy VII trailer dropped. So I've been invested in this for a long time. Take me on a journey. What's it like? It is great. I okay. like I will I will say it's great. Um they like Okay, we'll go we'll go with we'll go with the looks first cuz right. Well, I mean still... Square Enix like, you know, it's kind of where yeah, it's like they start. they have they keep they, like it is surprising how well they keep upping their game. Like when 15 came out, I was like, this is one of the best looking games I've ever seen. And now this is, that looks like just a pile of vomit compared to this. Like they just keep upping the caliber. It's shocking. And what's even more shocking is actually how consistently it ran. Like I, okay. So I've got like a PlayStation 
uh, an original PS4, not the Pro. So it's not like I, did, I didn't expect it to be optimized. Right. The game ran smoother than I'd ever imagined. Like there was no frame rate drops whatsoever for the quality of animation uh, okay. that, that the game was producing. Now, saying that, my PlayStation did sound like it was going to take off out the window at any moment. That's <laughs> like the problem fan... I had with the PlayStation 3 as well, those massive fan noises. Yeah, like... the, fan, the fan's going 90, but like I could understand why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Square really played the engine to its... Stri- uh, I think it's Unreal Engine. Mm. can't be i don't know if i don't quote me on that now but i think it's the only legend but they really played it to its strength and just managed to get the most out of it um so yeah it's absolutely stunning they really got all of the classic characters like they 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 nailed it because you know after something like advent children you kind of expect oh they might default cloud into being kind of mm. the moody mopey one yeah they might default Aerith into being the kind of the, the real pure kind of like you know yeah, because I know you didn't really grow up. You didn't grow up with Final Fantasy VII, did you? No, I really only played it recently. I knew it through Cultural Osmosis. Yeah, brother is a massive but Cultural fan. Osmosis is what I wanted to talk to you about because I think that who we frequently mention on this channel, Super Eyepatch Wolf, he points out that Aerith is actually like a really cool, funny character. But she's the one kind of she kind of got Gwen Stacy like yeah. She's yeah, she like, lives in like. She lives in a dirt slum and drags you around and convinces you to cross-dress. Like she's yeah, you try to sneak out, and she's having none of that. Uh, and yeah, no, thankfully, they, they absolutely captured that perfectly. Mm. Uh, and I completely am at a loss for names. But yeah, her voice actress is stunning. The performance is brilliant. I, I hope it's the same voice cast from, because in a weird way, you might know this through Decidiot, like, the, vo- the characters of Final Fantasy VII have gone on a huge journey via the likes of Dirge of Cerberus and Dissidia and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's With a this wide consistent, range. yeah, a cri- one of my favorite games, Crisis Core. The so, one, actually, I, I, because he isn't in this because obviously it's only the Midgar section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I rewatched Advent Children recently. Mm. I forgot that they gave Kate Sith a Scottish accent, and that's a wild choice. <laughs> oh, that means you haven't played Dirge of Cerberus, where he's like the a leading character. You play as him and do sneak levels, I, like like I play like I must have played ten years ago, but I do not recall. Like I don't remember the Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a, he falls out of a Reeve dummy and then like starts going full Scots, like you know. Jesus, like it's it's just such a it's it's a it's Namora. Why do you make these decisions? <laughs> Listen, you 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 get some choices. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're just throwing stuff on a wall. <laughs> well, I want to get into like the elephant in the room because I don't know all the controversies. But the elephant in the room, even before the game was released, is this is just the Midgar section. Is it yeah. still kind of worth your time and your money? Like, I think so. Like, is again they 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 stretched that out to a forty-hour game. Which I think is, you know, worth... If a game's 40 hours, that's worth a full-price game. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't really feel bloated. Like, it... Because, again, like, that's only maybe like, a five-hour portion of the original. Mm. But they managed to, you know, expand on a lot of character stuff and expand on a lot of scenarios more so than the original could have. And now there's, there's, you know, there's some padding. But, like, I think overall, it definitely feels natural. Um, like if if this is the quality we're going to be getting consistently across, like this saga, I'm I'm happy to to pay piecemeal. I think. 
Okay, and how I gotta ask, I mean, I know we're not doing spoilers, but how much of the weird stuff makes it from the original into this? That's I, what do you mean by the weird pause. stuff? <laughs> what, As I, I in, like, sorry, I just... the, honey, the honey bee in, Cloud getting dressed up, all oh that kind of stuff. Oh my god, the honey bee in is the <laughs> most spectacular section of this game. <laughs> Honest to god, like, they turn... They turn like Cloud getting changed into a rhythm game. I'm not even joking. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's just kind of thrown in there, but like it's it's spectacular. They they like you know because it's it's so easy that they could have made that kind of crass and kind of offensive. Yeah, no, they, in a way that we almost can't in, talk about on the air. Yeah. Yeah, they but you know, they they lean in, turn it up to eleven, and <laughs> actually almost make it like it almost feels very respectful of the queer community, which what oh. I kind of just found surprising <laughs> in a weird way like it's i just i i know i i shouldn't be surprised but i kind of was it was yeah. really like it was they it was really pleasant i think they really they they absolutely nailed it um i think like because of the rating there's a few things they i think they had to tone down right like uh if if you remember in the original hojo in actually i don't even think it insinuates i think he just says that he's trying to breed Aerith with uh with red 13 Oh think, yes, yeah, that was, he... that was outright. Yeah, they yeah. they kind of they had to cut that. <laughs> okay. They like it's it's a little more kind of reworked how you meet Red. Um, who is Red's oh. voice, by the way? Because Red hasn't actually spoken in any of the newer Final Fantasy spinoffs and things yet. I don't know who his voice is. It's a very deep voice. I, okay. I do okay. not know the actor's name, but like it, it's a very kind of deep, methodical voice. Right, because um, like I know that was like in Advent Children. Every time he tried to talk, someone like hopped on his mouth or something. So I was wondering if they were saving that for a big celebrity voice, like in Maggie Simpson type way. I don't think so. Okay. I, I I think I think it's all pretty. I think it's all pretty much just kind of like pretty standard industry voice actors. Right. Um. What was I gonna say? Well, I'll tell you what then, because before we kind of circle away from this game, like. How is Cloud in this game? Because we kind of touched on this already, but he's been sort of changed into this brooding, squallish, kind of hard guy over the years. But in the original game, he was kind of a doofy, like, spiky-haired yeah, protagonist. It's, it's a bit weird to say because of how little of, like, the original game's character development this takes from. Because right. in that Midgar section, he's still, you know, kind of a brooding kind of edgelord. Yeah only kind of starting to break out of a shell. So that's still what we kind of get. But like, there's a couple of moments where he's a bit where he's a bit more sharp-witted, kind of comes out of a shell. Again, like, you know, a lot yeah. of the time with Aerith, he kind of, you can see him kind of soften up a lot. Yeah. Uh, so like, again, it starts off with him being the kind of the brooding soldier badass. Mm, yeah. Grizzle. <laughs> it's like, because like, I don't like, want you can to... kind of see little bits of it. Little yeah. bits of it breaking through. And I'm sure by the time, you know, in the next game, when we get to Calm and everything the ball starts rolling there it'll start softening up and god only knows what's going to happen when we actually get to the uh you know the zack stuff yeah i know well i mean for me like because i've replayed this game a lot over the years i like pointing out to people that outside of cutscenes, cloud's last line of dialogue of the game is let's mosey like he's not clint eastwood <laughs> as much as he really tries <laughs> All right, we've got a few minutes left. So there was a third game you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, no, because I, 
I, you know, I finished that off. As I said, it's only been 40 hours, so it wasn't, didn't have, didn't get to spend too long without that, you know, two days. Mm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. <laughs> uh, so I picked up one that I've actually been sitting on my shelf for a while now, which is uh, Yakuza, uh, Yakuza Kiwami. Which, right. how, how familiar are you with the Yakuza? I game? know it's a game, and that's literally it. <laughs> it is, so I picked it up. It's kind of a cult, like it seems like it's kind of a cult classic if you're kind of into the kind of the Japanese game scenes. Right. Uh, so it is, it is an open world kind of sandbox, cry, like crime action game. What you'd imagine a la kind of GTA Saints Row. Mm. But it's so much, in, this, in, in, in one tone so much more serious and yet in another so much more ridiculous. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're kind of the Japanese expert. Like, even when kind of Japanese games and shows go mm. super serious, that, by our standards of Western, silliness still kind of edges its way back in, like, doesn't it? Oh, no, like, it's, this, is, it, this, is, this is two sides of a coin, because, like, you know, the plot, <laughs> the actual plot of Yakuza right. is a really grizzle, like, gritty uh, crime drama. Like, it's, right. it's, about, it's about power struggles in an organized crime unit, over, you know, monies, gangs, people. It's really kind of like down down and dirty kind of crime drama. But then Yakuza is full of side quests where you, a leading member of the Yakuza, Kazuma Kiryu, will uh, help someone be a better dominatrix or... Oh. Uh, to, uh, get caught get pulled aside to talk about being a just like I'm trying to think of a safe work way of saying this. I, I'm getting the gist of it. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we even get into it, not for families. No, I'd say yeah, this would be this would be a fairly adult <laughs> game. Uh, nothing like, you know, too nothing too explicit, but like it's 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 a you know, as I said, it's a grizzle crime drama. Right. It touches on a lot of dark subjects. And some of the outlandish stuff is not for kids. <laughs> okay. But, like, take us through the kind of game mechanics. Is it, like, uh, you said Grand Theft Auto, so it's a sort of roaming around, seeing what happens yeah, type so game? Yeah, it's, so it's, it's an open world, but it's a very small open world. It actually only takes place in, like, one city block of what's called Kamurocho. It's based on kind of a Tokyo subsection. Right. Um, but for how small it is, you can go into, like, a third of the buildings in it, and it's so very, it's more, it's really dense. Right. Like, it's full of, you know, uh, like, uh, story-related kind of buildings and that, like, you know, business offices and bars and that. But then there's also, like, bowling alleys and batting cages and golf clubs. Uh, not a golf club, what am I saying? Uh, snooker uh, clubs. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, golf and snooker, they're the same thing, right? That's all right. We haven't been in the world for two months. I, like, uh, like the, I was, talk I was talking to someone in the house this morning who forgot the word fork. It's just the world now. <laughs> Yeah, brains dripping out of the air. It's a time. So Mark, like, that's it. What's like, that, what's that, that thing used to dig food? <laughs> Spoon? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so and like all of those places, like they're act, they're all you know fully realized activities you can play in the game. Like you can literally just you can literally just go bowling in this game for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're like yeah, what's this? I got a I got a missing kid. Nah, I got I got like I got ten rounds of the batting cages booked up. That's that's me. <laughs> but what's, 
So it's like it's it's that kind of like as that open world kind of life sim, but it's also very much like the action. It's very kind of like a hand-to-hand brawler. Mm. Also, actually, I think that's really interesting about it is like is that in a like the kind of the GTAs and Saints Row, it's like you could just go around and cause carnage. It's like you're just given that freedom. You can't do that in Yakuza. Like you can't just go up and start punching random passersby. Combat oh, no. separated by 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 things. And that's just kind of really interesting because it yeah. it kind of keeps a narrative line. Okay, uh, like just, so it, it gives you freedom to explore, but not freedom to sort of destroy the reality of chaos, the story. Yeah. Okay, right. So like it so it kind of it makes it more you can only do what Kazuma Kiryu would actually do. He wouldn't go up you know, setting buildings on fire and mm. punching random pedestrians. But he will go to a cat cafe and just hang out. And... Oh, I've been to cat cafes. They're brilliant. It's so chill. <laughs> I've been to a cat oh, cafe yes. where it was a load of cats. It was in Paris. And the only music they had on was Hosier and the soundtrack to Frozen in French. Hey, Keen, remember going to cat cafes? Yeah. Times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we just got to get cats ourselves from the street because they're taking over the place. <laughs> Just watch videos of cats, man. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're both Steven Universe fans. I still remember the bit where they they tried to explain cat videos to this alien paradox, and she just goes, "Who would document this?" <laughs> so we are unfortunately just up against it time wise. Is there anything you want it's, to mention before you wrap up? It's for it's for the best that we're running out of time. <laughs> I think I just cra- start quoting paradox for the next half hour. <laughs> the crazy's starting to creep in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, it's it's coming up to dinner time. If I start getting hungry, I start getting loopy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We may have to start a podcast on food and the outside world at this rate. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> this week, bike shops. Remember those? Me neither. <laughs> so, Kev, do you want to plug your new project one more time before we wrap? As I said, uh, it'll be releasing on the 1st of June. It's called Anime Crash Course. Uh, just keep an eye on the socials for it. Uh, we're still, it's still a work, it's still currently a work in progress, so we'll be posting about it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a lot, so just keep keep the ear to the socials. Okay, and if you had to describe what your show will be in, like, three words, apart from Anime Crash Course, what would it be? Uh, anime Book Club. <laughs> okay, I like the book club concept. Take a month, Go around Netflix. Just kind do of what, sit on it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, See what you can find. All right. Thank you very much, Kev. It's been an absolute pleasure. If I'm coming off a show giddy, it's usually a good sign. So th- I hope you had fun too. I had a blast, man. Thanks, for, thanks very much for having me. This was, this was really cool just to, shoot, uh, just to shoot the style. Yeah. And you're welcome back anytime. We see each other every Wednesday anyway, but you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, Dar- I don't think Dara will let me go on a persona so much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sure. Just let him talk about get talk about Star Wars and mute his mic. That's what I tend to do. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a sign for me to start making popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much to for Luke Riley for being on our first half, and we will see you this time on Friday, or indeed any time if you're watching this on SoundCloud. Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been the Game Corner, and bye.
Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.